Welcome to the Saddle School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, May 21st, we look at Lesson 8, The Promise. Together, let's see how God shows up in the life of Abraham in his later years and also in our lives today. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, excited about this one. This is Lesson 8, The Promise. And this comes from Genesis 24, verse 1. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And wouldn't you love this to be uh, next to your name, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> advanced in age, and the Lord and had blessed, blessed in, all, in things. all things, right? <laughs> uh, so tell us, uh, start, tell us about some of those blessings or what led up to those blessings, Michael, and Mount Moriah. Yeah, so uh, Genesis uh, chapter uh, 22, and uh, my Bible says Abraham tested, right? Right. And and this has to be one of the most uh, epic tests of Genesis in all of Scripture that points forward to Christ. Uh, but here we have uh, Abraham, and he answers, here I am. So first thing I want to point out is that they're in conversation with each other. And then sometimes God does things that are absolutely unexpected right, that we he does. just don't um, understand and and this is verse 2 then God said take your son your only son whom you love Isaac and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you mm. that had to have been a take your breath away moment because right. here everything had been about the Messiah everything had been about the child of promise he had learned the hard way Sarah had laughed all of these things that had gone on. And so Abraham uh, or Abraham um, obeys. He gathers up the uh, donkey, takes his servant with him, uh, brings some wood. And it says he set out for the place God had told him about. And I can only imagine that he probably left early before his wife woke yeah. up. <laughs> uh, because I don't know how you explain that. I don't know how you explain that. There's some things that are just absolutely hey. Hey, sweetie, you remember uh, how you laughed when you heard that you're going to have Isaac at an old age? Well, you're really going to laugh at this one. <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. Talk about in the doghouse. Yes, no. And uh, so there we go. And it says, on the third day, um, Abraham looked up in the distance, and uh, and then uh, they go to worship. And, um, and then, of course, verse 6, it says he takes the wood and placed it on his son Isaac. And uh, carry himself carried the fire and the knife, and the two of them went on together. And so, uh, and there's this this moment because Isaac doesn't even know what's really happening no, here. No, he doesn't. He says, "Hey, Dad, Father," and he says, "Yes, my son. The fire and wood are here, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering?" And he says, "God Himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son." And they go on together, and and of course we know uh, what happens uh, next is. Uh, he binds his son. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, thank you. And they um, on the altar on top of the wood because he now realizes he is that sacrifice and takes the knife about to um, slay his son. And the angel of God stops him. Abraham, Abraham says, here I am. Do not lay a hand on the boy. 
Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Beautiful, mm. beautiful story here. Um, I, I don't think God for a moment <laughs> intended for uh, for Isaac to, to be sacrificed, but here's this test, this test of, of faithfulness. Will, will God, uh, will Abraham trust God so completely, so fully that no matter what, uh, he will not allow anything to stand in the way of his faith uh, and trust in what God's word is and says to him. Uh, and I think this is this is a this is a good example of how even good things, right? You know, Isaac was a blessing. He's yes. the promise. He's yeah. everything that stands for good. Yeah. But at the same time, even we can make an idol out of a good thing. Yeah, we can. And and here, no matter what it is in our lives, God will ask us, each of us, um, to do we love that more than we love God? Right. And 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 here's this, and and even more than that is this beautiful um, reminder of this 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 through this whole story of the plan of salvation, which we're going to talk about. I'll explore a little bit more with Monday's lesson. Uh, God will provide, Buster. Yeah. So this uh, continues on talking about Genesis 22. Uh, Michael, you recount the story that the I guess you say the true account wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this line keeps popping up in mm-hmm. the story, which mm-hmm. is in verse eight. Uh, it says, "And Abraham said, My son, God will provide Himself." Uh, the lamb for the burnt offering, right? But then you go on to mm-hmm. 14 and Abraham called the place. This is after the Lord uh, told him not to lay mm-hmm. hand on him. Mm-hmm. The Lord will provide as it is said to this day yeah. and the mount of the, uh, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Right. Yeah. And so it, it was saying what, what, what promise was fulfilled actually. And this was yeah. the coming of Christ. Yeah. Uh, what, what amazes me about this as well, mm-hmm. Michael is mm-hmm. not just that Abraham was willing, yeah. but that Isaac was, wow. I mean, Isaac wasn't, a babe at this time. Yeah. He could have grown it all. Oh, yeah. yeah. Abraham was old at this time. Fought back uh, or yeah, whatever. He fought back. He could have ran. Mm. <laughs> He's like, you're not catching me. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, he laid there as a willing sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, and so there's two parts to the sacrifice. It was mm-hmm. Abraham willing, but also Isaac. And I'm then like, you have the same wow. thing with the father and the son. Yeah. They were both in uh, in 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 commonality of mm-hmm. agreement mm-hmm. of saying, we are, we are going to go through the, with the sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Except for the lamb was provided, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there was a ram that was in the thicket of the bush right. for Isaac, yeah. for Christ. He right. says, I want to go through with this. Yeah. And uh, it talks about a couple of verses here. Yes, yeah. he chooses. Romans 5, 6 through 8, mm-hmm. verse 8 especially, while we we're still yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? Yes. Uh, in the midst of our sinfulness, he still says, I'm willing to, mm-hmm. to sacrifice and give my life. Mm-hmm. And so this is a precursor. This is a type, right, mm-hmm. of what was to come, but mm-hmm. was actually for us today fulfilled there on Calvary. Mm-hmm. And so, Michael, uh, bring us to a sad moment uh, talking about the death of Sarah. Yeah, so here we have this incredible story. And, of course, the next episode, if you please, uh, the next installment is uh, Sarah's uh, tragic uh, passing away, which is described for us in Genesis chapter 23. And uh, Abraham, of course, after the death of a loved one, does what uh, any good husband's going to do. Well. uh, To (laughs) 
yeah, to remember, you know, yeah. to remember his. No, seriously. And 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 to honor her memory. And so he goes to buy this cave of uh, Machpelah uh, to, uh, and 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 they're like at first, hey, we'll just give it to you, kind of thing. He's no, 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 I can't possibly do that. I need to. I actually want to own this, and and this is something that I want to keep um, as as a as a sign of the. Uh, well, it's a sign of the promise, right? right. Of having a of God's fulfillment, but this is actually a small little piece, a small little installment of what is yet to come. Because, of course, Abraham had had the dream long before and the prophecy that his children will wander in the wilderness. The right. promise is not yet. It is not now, even though there there is a foreshadowing of what is to come. And so he actually pays for this piece of property. They have a sacred covenant that they will, um, uh, he buys it, that this is his property, that they will honor and respect it. And the end of the chapter says, so the field and the cave were deeded to Abraham by the Hittites as a burial site. So this is something that will continue on and live on for posterity. Uh, Some people claim that they know where this site is. I'm I'm not sure if you could actually really uh, prove Mm. that or not, Uh, but there are uh, some who allege that, that uh, that, that they know where the site of this is and that there's even a mosque there uh, to this day that honors this 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 site so mm. um again I, I think that's less important than the 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 memory of the promise that is here um but the death of uh abraham's uh, beloved wife sarah and the mother of isaac of course uh, raises the question of matriarch who will be the next significant woman in the family <laughs> uh especially for isaac buster fill us in yeah so this is a uh, the story of uh, isaac and, and rebecca mm-hmm. and uh well before we even get there mm-hmm. uh we see abraham as he is now advanced in age mm-hmm. he's like hey i remember this promise that i want to make sure that uh that uh, isaac's not going to marry a foreigner yeah. right yeah. Mm-hmm. i want him to marry someone that's going to be approved by the lord but uh, and so he he brings in a servant and he has the servant make an oath that he's going to find him make sure his son's not going to marry a foreigner right yeah and it's this really uh, neat moment in genesis 24 verse 9 so the servant put his hand under the thigh of abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter and i was like what in the world does that mean and yeah. i remember uh and one of my personal notes here says Eliezer putting his hand under the patriarch's thigh. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Genesis 47 verse 29. It's a solemn uh, sign or an oath that's carried out. Mm-hmm. The children who are uh, who would be born to Abraham would avenge the servant's unfaithfulness if he didn't carry this out. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. they're saying like you 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 deserve to die if you don't carry this out. Oh, um, that's that's intense. It, it is. And so he goes through and he kind of has this this moment where he's like you know what uh this is how i know that this is going to happen uh it says uh here in the lesson abraham leaves open however the Mm. possibility Mm -hmm. that the woman will not respond to god's call as powerful as he is god does not force humans to obey him right and so uh, Eliezer was looking for someone who would respond mm. and so Rebecca was the one that responded mm-hmm. uh, and it actually was Again, uh, huh? another epic story exactly yeah. and it talks about her beauty as well right mm. so it was very beautiful as Sarah's beauty is, beauty is talked about so this was uh, actually a, how I like to describe my wife too very much so <laughs> mine as well <laughs> hope you hope you uh, are, are listening, listening wise. yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and so 
we see this coming together and we see that not only was God involved, but I, I'll, I'll share this as parents, we need to be involved. Yes. Right. So Abraham, I like this. Yeah. even though he's advanced in age, mm-hmm. he cared about who his son was going to marry. Mm-hmm. And I believe probably when he, he sets better, out a plan, exactly. Mm-hmm. He helped him out with this plan, but I, mm-hmm. I believe now more so than ever. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just say this because we don't usually have a lot of kids watching, but uh, talking with counselors mm-hmm. and teachers that are in the public school Getting system, wise, it, yeah. they're saying that kids are starting to become sexually involved at the age of nine to 11. Oh my goodness. This is the new age where kids are exploring, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, because they're exposed to all sorts of things. It's so our much duty media. as yeah. parents mm-hmm. to guard our children, to mm-hmm. watch them, to protect yeah. them, mm-hmm. but also to help them to make wise decisions in all things. So as fathers, as mothers, as, as all these different things, we need to be looking out and having our loved ones, our friends look after those who are close by yeah. and making sure that our children are making wise decisions, especially towards the future yeah. of who they're going to marry. Sacred responsibility. Exactly. And, and you know, and, and some people are like, well, you know, maybe that means we should just pick out the spouse for our children. You know, I, I somewhere <laughs> have, I, I hope I saved it at least. I, I have some video clips of my kids when they were just like really, really young. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, daddy, I want to live with you forever, you know, or mommy, yes. mommy and daddy and and um, and at one point, one of my kids, I don't remember why, but they said, you know, uh, when I get older, you choose a, you choose a spouse for me kind of thing, you know, and I, <laughs> I, I hope we still have that clip, you know, and I, I remember smiling and thinking, yeah, that's not going to last. But uh, <laughs> Michael, you should have had them put their, their hand under your thigh. Yeah, then yeah, make that sacred covenant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, and, and, and this is a reminder that God works through cultural context, right? Right. Uh, but, but these same biblical principles and values Values are what matters, you know, finding someone that loves God yes. and values and has biblical values, him, these kinds yes. of things. Um, however, that works out in different kind, cultural. Compassionate. Yeah. The, these are the kinds of things that will make for a happy marriage in the, yes. in the long term. And uh, I love how this story just plays out. Yeah, which is why mm. you don't allow 12-year-olds to pick out their future spouses because they're not mature enough yet. Right? right? Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank goodness. Uh, so, so parents, be careful who you, uh, w- the age that you start allowing your kids to date, you know? And yeah. you might say, oh, he sounds so old school, right? But and don't rush these things either. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Now, at the same time, mm. you're you're not shying away from the subject. You're having deep conversations with them mm-hmm. on this. Meaningful. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, Michael, tell us about a wife for Abraham. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, so, you know, and by the way, this is kind of interesting. I, I, I've had some people that are, are trained counselors. I'm, I'm not a counselor, so uh, take this for what it's worth, but but have told me that, that people who have the happiest marriages are the ones that want to get married again. Mm. You know, and because they they uh, they value and in, in that intimacy and that kind of uh, yes uh, relational aspect, and so uh, it should not be surprising that Abram and Sarah, after his marriage and after all of this, uh, that that he's. Uh, uh, willing and wanting to obviously desirous of 
of having a uh, relationship once again. And so uh, here's what we have described for us in uh, Genesis uh, 24. Um, Abram, of course, gets remarried. And then um, at the at the end of the chapter, verse 67, um, is the, the highlight here because this kind of brings the, the rest of the story with Rebecca, who, mm-hmm. who um, Isaac, uh, his wife, brings her into the tent of his mother, Sarah. So this is kind of a symbolic. Here she is becoming uh, a matriarch, I guess, within their familial right. structure, right? Um, she becomes his wife and he loved her and Isaac was comforted comforted after his mother's death. And so, and of course it talks about, of course his dad gets remarried, he has more children. Uh, we don't actually talk very much about that story. That's not the thing I usually hear in various children's stories about no, well. or when we sing Father Abraham, right? <laughs> uh, and of course we might point out that uh, in our cultural context, we don't usually think of uh, people having more than one wife either, you know, uh, yes. you know, uh, which is what led to the whole Ishmael thing and, and so on. But uh, uh, there is sort of this rest of the story. It says that verse seven of chapter 25, he lived 175 years, which that's pretty impressive. Yes, it is. And that he died a, at a good old age, an old man full of years, and he was gathered to his people. So what a, <laughs> what a way to summarize uh, the, your epitaph, your, your, the, the obituary here at the end. So uh, these, these are relational aspects. Um, and some people kind of point out to me, well, you know, well, Mike, uh, the, you know, uh, hey, Michael, you know, uh, Abraham, he was a patriarch and, and, uh, and so patriarchy is a good thing. And I'd say, well, really, would you want to have a polygamy? Do you want to have more than one wife? Uh, these kinds no, of you. things. Well, is that God's ideal? No. Um, well, I, I hope, yeah, Buster, that we would say and agree that that's not. But <sighs> but God works within cultural context. He does. And this is what the co- cultural context was for Abraham. Yeah. And, and he was willing to put God first in his life. Right. So we have to look at this from a redemptive aspect, um, that not everything in Abraham's life is what we're trying to go for. Right. Uh, but what we're trying to remember is he's a child of uh, the faith, uh, this faithfulness, the promise, the child of the promise, and continuing to be faithful within that uh, covenant. Right. And that's the beautiful part of the story. Yeah, you know, Michael, look at, looking at this, I remember in seminary class, mm. we looked at it uh, uh, through the eyes of a systematician oh, and yeah. saying that sure. every time that yeah. polygamy, you know, we as a class, we broke it up, yeah. Yeah. bring up all the times of polygamy, right? Interesting. And yeah. then share yeah. how many times it went well. Okay. <laughs> right? Hey, we're just saying, hey. like, right? Like, where's it, where's there's no strife, where it just goes uh, seamlessly yeah. well. And we couldn't really find, yeah. right? Right? Yeah. Like, there was like, uh, I think I think the closest we got was David, right? But even there, that there didn't was, sound so well, good for him either. Exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, that was the closest, but there was strife yeah. there, right? Exactly. There's so much strife yeah. and turmoil. And then we looked at those who were a part mm. of a single yeah. household where mm-hmm. it was just, and, yeah. and a lot of times it went quite well, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, so uh, just using looking looking at it from that vantage point, even if it wasn't, even if God allowed it, it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that it was the ideal, right? right? I love that. And what is that ideal? And that's what we keep coming back to is the promise. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. 
So I hope our listeners, as you think about your own week and different challenges that you face, hopefully you're not having to find a child for your, uh, for your, for your, uh, or a spouse for your child rather, (laughs) 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 but, but even still, if you are, or find yourself in those various phases of life or, and hopefully definitely not having to sacrifice your child. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but that these will be illustrative, uh, lessons that will remind us of the promise of God that he wants to work in and through us in each of our lives. Amen. Yeah. So Michael, uh, just real quick, uh, had a, we have this ongoing conversation, Raina. Yeah. She's my six-year-old daughter. And yeah. she's she's talking about, I really like this person because he has these characteristics and these traits. But oh. this one, I used to I used to be fond of him, but I don't like him anymore because he doesn't like this and he's not like daddy. And I said, Ooh. that's what I like to hear. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Hey. And so, you know, well, just, just hey. having those, those funny conversations I right love now. That. Turns into something deeper later. Creating safe spaces. There we go. For those constructive conversations and biblical values that we live out each and every day in our lives. Amen. So I love it. Well, with that, let's put a wrap for another week. So this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personable colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.